Natural. What does that even mean? The definition of natural is existing in or caused by nature, not made or caused by humankind. So products that are labeled as natural are good for us, right? Well, sometimes, but not always. It can be confusing. So today we're breaking down some of the ingredients in natural products that we might want to avoid because not all of it is good for us or our skin. Some natural ingredients clog our pores, preventing us from sweating, but our bodies need to sweat. It's a form of detoxification that is necessary in all of us. Other ingredients affect the pH of our skin, opening up our natural protective barrier to irritants and rashes. Dr. Kale clears up some of the confusion and educates us on better ingredients. Change your products, change your life. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Kel. I'm your host, Nikki Sterner, and today we're going to be getting into um, something that we've discussed in previous episodes, EarthaCorp, the corporation that Dr. Kel started, and we are going to hear a little bit more about Ocean Bay Naturals, which is one of the divisions of it. So, Dr. Kel, can you go into that a little bit for us? Yeah, I'd like to briefly mention about EarthaCorp. We have um, four divisions, um, actually starting a fifth as well. Um, Ocean Bay Naturals is focused on health and hygiene. Uh, we have another one called Jack's Organics that will be focused on uh, house and garden products. Uh, and again, these are all natural products and, and, and many of them organic. You know, in today's environment, uh, as people understand the difference between organic and, and natural, it usually has to do with uh, the way things are grown and uh, natural has no pesticides. Organic means it's been at least seven years without in a soil that's had nothing put on it. Um, and there's other factors involved with the definition, but those are the main aspects. And that's why some of the products um, are natural, but haven't quite reached their organic level of that many years of growth, et cetera. Um, however, uh, so the other divisions, uh, we have uh, uh, Pet Lovers Naturals. We're working on pet products that are all natural for animals. Uh, a lot of stuff given to animals today from <laughs> the foods they're given to uh, uh, drugs they're given, things like that, are, are, are synthetic. And, and, and again, like with humans, it may be beneficial in the short term, but ultimately aren't so much. But food mainly is what what we feed our pets is, is nasty, but, uh, also, um, so Jack's Organics, Pet Lovers Naturals, uh, Ocean Bay Naturals, also an auto one that we're working on that auto care products, you know, you clean your car, you go spray the inside of your car. Oh, okay. uh, uh, one of the environmental things, uh, we've talked about earlier in the last podcast, we were talking about the environment. Uh, many of the sprays, the, the deodorizing sprays that people spray on their house, read the chemicals on the bottle, Ooh. you'll stop using it. Yeah. Um, ours, uh, we're, we're under development now, uh, for, uh, the, uh, spray deodorizer. And that'll be all natural and organic ingredients in that. Uh, works really well. Our testing so far is going really well, so we should have that one available soon. Those are cleaning products? Uh, they'll be cleaning products as well. Actually, oh. that's an air freshener product. Uh, okay. Um, you've seen you know, a lot of companies sell air freshener products, oh, but nobody yeah. really needs Yuck. reads the ingredients too much um, or pays attention to that. As long as it doesn't stink in the house, they're happy, but they're mm -hmm. exposing themselves to all kinds of odd things. And then you have the... Faye Adderley? Faye Adderley. Skin care, and uh, we'll eventually be developing cosmetics along those lines as well. Yes. Um, but, yes, that a lot of ladies are happy about that, that uh, um, we'll have everything from, uh, you know, facial cleansers to uh, body cleansers to um, serums, et cetera. I'm uh, looking forward list, to that. This goes on. Yeah. Um, so 
Okay, so tell me more. Big plans. Ocean Bay Naturals. That's the one we decided to focus on first, um, just because it. uh, uh, One of the reasons is because it actually was uh, a bit simpler to develop those those products, Um, and they're ones that affect a larger part of the environment. When I consider the health and hygiene sector, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a product. You know, all these products are used by millions and billions of people around the world. Everything from deodorant to uh, shampoos, uh, body cleansers, again, previously mentioned, air freshener. uh, I I should have made a a full list, although that would have taken up the entire podcast, because I really think we'll probably end up within the next two, three to four years, probably hundreds of different products. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the one product on our website now, which is our all-natural deodorant spray. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are concerned about sprays because everybody's used to using uh, roll-ons or sticks. Sticks probably the most popular. Hmm. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about that uh, because it's a big issue. Uh, people for years were using the deodorant, uh, the aluminum-based deodorants. Uh, Those are we, the sticks? Yeah. Uh, most sticks, gels, uh, real common, been for many years to uh, put aluminum in the deodorants. And aluminum is known to clog pores. We've talked about that in the past, too. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons it works. It clogs your pores so you don't – it reduces your sweating and actually causes dysfunction of the glands, uh, your sebaceous glands and sweat glands. Um, there are other common things in deodorants. I mean, now more and more people – interestingly enough, if you look at the United States, uh, the natural deodorant market is exploding. Um, however, there's still probably 85% of the population still using the aluminum-based deodorants, although you're seeing the companies who have been selling the aluminum-based deodorants for years starting to remove the aluminum, uh, yet they're still full of other chemicals. Uh, and, and there's other companies calling themselves, calling themselves natural, and I think we briefly mentioned that previously, too, about the definition of natural. What does really natural mean? It... Uh, um, yeah, what does basic that mean definition to you? Is a, it, well, to the average person and to the companies out there producing products is basically saying, did it come from nature? Um, oh, and that's, that's what they're saying. That, that, that's really the basis. And there's all kinds of things that come from nature that aren't good for our bodies. Oh, um, okay. Uh, if you look at the sticks and why, they're, why they are popular is because they're easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically a paste that that, uh, you, you know, you put it on and it leaves a little coating on your underarm. And again, uh, they, they, they've they removed the aluminum, but they've added in other things that aren't necessarily good for you, even though they're natural. Baking soda is a big one. Uh, baking soda is virtually an all-stick deodorants, almost all of them. Um, and basic, basic... Wait, you're saying the baking soda is in like the commercial, like the ones that people have been using forever? Uh, a lot of these companies are now adding it. Or the natural ones now. The natural ones. Oh, Referring okay. to the ones that call themselves natural. The newer ones. The natural sticks. Um, okay. Many of the most popular ones that you'll find. I mean, take, I, I, we're, I guess we're going to have a day where we're going to kind of put all these up online and, and discuss them, but I don't really want to n- necessarily mention any of them at the moment. But uh, check your ingredients. Uh, why is baking soda bad? Baking soda is put in cookies, right? Yeah, and some uh, people do it in like detox baths and stuff. Yeah, what, yeah, why? Yeah, well, under certain conditions, it's okay. So it's um, okay. But the problem with um, baking soda, uh, alcohol does a similar thing. It it raises the pH of 
of uh, the product, and then you put that on your skin, and uh, it changes the pH on your skin. Uh, why is that important? Uh, your skin pH is roughly around 6, uh, 5.8, 6.2, roughly in there, which means it's slightly acidic. Um, 7 is considered neutral. Uh, baking soda and alcohol both are at a pH of 8, um, so they go way high. Uh, reason they use it, does it eliminate bacteria or keep the bacteria from growing? It does. It works in that way, and the bacteria is what causes your body odor. Um, toxins being expelled through your out of your system too, and your sweat can also, if you if you don't have a very good diet, can also produce some of that odor. But a big part of it is from the bacteria as it grows. It produces a gas, that gas given off, and you smell funky. So um, the intent here with our product and how we developed it was was to uh, provide a product that inhibited. The growth of the bacteria, but was also healthy and safe on the skin. Um, when you raise your pH up to a pH of eight, all of a sudden you've you've uh, you've exposed the skin to to a more basic condition, and now the skin reacts in a way that isn't good. I mean, the skin likes it at about a six. Um, there are other companies that sell an acid product. Um, and theirs lowers it down below the natural pH, which again inhibits the growth of bacteria, um, but also is damaging to the skin. You, you hear a lot of people today getting rashes or after prolonged, some instantly or repeatedly get rashes. Uh, people that are hypersensitive sensitive to things, uh, you know, we, we get a lot of people asking, is, are you, is your product safe on sensitive skin? And it is, uh, mainly because it actually is skin healing. We've had people take our product and say they, they put it on cuts and things and had them heal faster and put it on mm -hmm. rashes and had the rashes go away. Uh, we're not promoting that product, specifically the odor for that. We're actually in the process of creating products that are helpful in that way, too, mm -hmm. specific for those things. But... Uh, um, it, it works really well on the skin and even sensitive skin. And, and people need to consider if their skin is sensitive, they probably have got issues with their diet. Um, hypersensitive skin is a form of an allergy. Um, so infl inflammation issues going on in their system in one form or another. Okay. So when I, I'm thinking back to when I was using deodorant and I used to use speed stick. So it was like the green clear sport scent one. Um, and when I decided to switch to natural, because I was going through my health issues with breast implants and everything, um, I remember I stunk so bad. Like I just could not get anything to work because I just had, I don't know if you're saying there was just so much toxic buildup that had accumulated over time that needed to just like be flowing through my glands. Is that what you're saying? Like when people use the aluminum, that it just basically clogs everything and, and you get a backup. So when you open it up, you're going to get a lot of stink and stench coming out? Absolutely. They, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. They'll switch to an, to even some of the deodorants now that are considered natural uh, that use the baking soda, the alcohol, the acids, et cetera. And I've got a list of of probably 20-plus different ingredients that are common to deodorants and other um, uh, health and hygiene products um, you can find on our website and download that if you'd like to. Which is Ocean Bay Naturals. <laughs> OceanBayNaturals.com. Did you try a bunch of different deodorants when you were switching over? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've used several. What were some kind. of the ingredients that you saw that you went, oh, my gosh, I need to make sure I don't have this in thing that I'm producing? Well, year, years ago, um, I used a stick. And 
I found the stick over time, and that was an aluminum base. I just didn't like the feel of the pastiness of a stick over time, and it, and it did send, tend to irritate my skin more, and I'd get rashes more frequently. Um, I switched to a gel kind that was more of a gel type substance, but it was still aluminum, and even that bothered me. Um, and then as I became more educated and realizing, hey, this aluminum isn't good for me, um, I started trying some other natural de deodorants. Oddly enough, there are uh, no natural deodorants that I could find that were in gel form. They were all in a stick or a roll-on um, or a spray. And uh, um, tried using some of the stick ones, didn't like them, caused rashes. I tried the baking soda-based ones. I tried them all, actually, and didn't find them all that beneficial. And then as I read the ingredients and realized that uh, many of those ingredients aren't good on the skin, baking soda may be fine in a bath, Um it's on there temporarily and you're rinsing it off afterwards a little bit in, 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 in your body as soda is a form of salt. Um, it is okay in the cookies, I suppose, although you know, we know cookie, right. a lot of cookies aren't really good for us either, but, uh, um, what we about, all like to have a little treat now and then. What about those, um, clear mineral salt deodorants? Have mm -hmm. you salt, salt on your skin? Once again, uh, changes the pH. Um, we produce our own salts when we sweat, um, but making things too salty can irritate the skin as well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're already in a state of reduce your salt intake. Why put more salt on the outside and have it reabsorbed and have it being absorbed into your system as well. Um, so that's similar to sense. eating it, putting it on your yeah, skin either right. way. The body, the skin, um, certain areas of your skin are highly absorbative and under your arms is one of them. Uh, in those other areas, uh, feet, face, um, the uh, groin area. Um, moisture, th things, the skin there absorbs things very easily. Fortunately, those are areas that are that are darker areas, and and so bacteria tends to to grow there in those regions as well. And and you can get fungal infections and bacterial infections. So you need to keep those areas clean. Um, okay. So before the show, you mentioned that um, you were working on a nonprofit. Um, what are you focusing on with that? Well, we already. Uh, um, as we're going along, um, donate a, a percentage of our proceeds um, to nonprofits that are environmentally focused. I don't like to consider myself a, a liberal environmentalist. I'm more of a conservative environmentalist. So I, I care about the environment, but things need to change in a progressive manner. Uh, turning the faucet off immediately just causes nothing but chaos. So, mm -hmm. um, but anyway, our, our intent is to, to donate a percentage of our profits net profits to uh, uh, nonprofits that focus on um, air, water, soil, cleanup, um, so that we we create better ways to grow organic crops. We create better ways to to clean our water. Um, um, I, I don't suggest that, that they add minerals back into our water because we know when the government or whoever gets involved in doing that kind of thing, typically they just put synthetic things back in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we all know now about the ill effects of, of, of fluoride, or at least we've been taught about those things. So uh, adding fluoride back into the water, that needs to be removed from our water. Uh, fluoride should no longer exist in our water. That actually causes depletion of minerals in our body. Oh. Um, so uh, there's anyway about the nonprofit. We are in the process of creating our own nonprofit because we want the proceeds and the money and others who can donate to us uh, for that to go specifically to the purposes of why we're doing this all to begin with. We want to improve the lives, the health and well-being of everybody. Yeah. 
So why should I care about Ocean Bay Naturals and your company? What what sets you apart from all these other companies? I don't know that you should care about us other than um, <laughs> we're trying to help. Uh, we're doing what we can to help you be healthier. Uh, and so uh, if you want to get healthier, I would say use our products. Um, simple as that. Uh but uh, look into us, read the stuff we have, listen to our podcast. If you don't use us, use something. Uh, stop using the chemicals. Stop using putting stuff on your body and in your body. Uh, and to the point that you can alter the and improve the air and, and water you drink um, and the food you eat, uh, we're all about that. And uh, I think happiness, lack of depression, we talked in the last podcast a lot about emotional issues and problems. Uh, it's a big issue. Um, and the healthier you can be, the less depressed you will be. Uh, so we're focused on that. Yeah, let me tell you. I mean, when I get exposed to something, like whether it's um, like smoke outside, chemical exhaust from an old car, like my husband has an MG that came from our family. And I have to be really careful because, you know, it lets out exhaust. I can get like an instant headache and feel really bad. So like, these chemicals are everywhere, and if we're not careful, they can cause like instant inflammation in your body. And so we have to really clean well, it, it up. It, it, yes, we do. And there's a fine line there too, Nikki. And, and I'm not saying this is your your case, but I I know there are people out there that um, once you once you discover that these things are affecting you, the, the emotional aspect comes into it. And and in some cases, and, and an emotional response is just as real as an actual chemical reaction. It can cause immediate inflammation. It can cause allergies to, to, to occur in your system, whether it's in your nose, um, like with sneezing or reactions with your bowels to where you get you know, uh, diarrhea or, or even vomiting. Um, in some cases, go ahead. If I like, I'm sitting next to somebody who has a bunch of perfume on or their fabric softener is really, really strong for like, if I'm at a basketball game or something like that. So I'm sitting next to them for an hour and they're up and down and I'm getting whiffs of this. I can go home and my mood can change like that all of a sudden because of whatever inflammation like has kicked in and it just comes out of the blue. And yet I have to like trace back and go, what is going on? Like, what was I exposed to? And it's something as simple as sitting next to somebody. So, I mean, I know I'm not the only one who's sensitive to things like this. So it would be awesome if everybody used clean products because then we wouldn't have to be so careful about, you know, who we sit next to or you know, what we're buying, because if everything was just cleaned up, then it would be easy. But I don't. I, I think what you're doing is great because people don't know about this if they're not sensitive to it. You're right. And, and things do need to change and improve. However, I tend to be one of those people that feels that no matter what your sickness or problem or illness is today, unless you're extremely old, um, there are ways to improve on that. Like, for instance, you said everyone, I think everybody should use clean products, and they should. However, if we're really working on our nutrition, uh, trying to eat the right things, trying to exercise right, um, our body can overcome the reactions. So ideally, um, and, and the human body, when you're younger, often has the ability to, to deal with these things. And there's, I mean... Look in the air when you can see the air with the sun shining through. Sometimes you see all kinds mm -hmm. of junk floating in the air all around us all the time. Yeah, and you're breathing in all that stuff. So your your body doesn't immediately react to all those things. Some people it does, um, but the reality of it is your body can withstand a lot of stuff. Um, 
And so I when if if I sit next to somebody who doesn't care and they're vaping or smoking or or they got something smelly on them, um, I'll move uh, if I can. Um, if I can't, I try to keep my emotional state in a sense of that's not going to bother me. It's not going to bother me. Mm. I'm not. I'm not going to let that bother me. And most of the time, it doesn't. I think there's always always an emotional factor. For instance, if you're hypersensitive or you know that you're going to react if you smell something that you don't like, the emotion often often activates that reaction before the actual reaction occurs to the chemical that you've just been there. Mm-hmm. And the two are tied together. And they're always interconnected, especially if now you, in your mind, think, I'm allergic to that. I can't be around that. Um, I would recommend to people and to you yeah. that you you say to yourself, that is not going to bother me. That's not going to harm me. That's not going to hurt me. I, I, I'm not going to have a reaction to that. doesn't mean you won't. It just means that you won't. You, you can cut off that emotional reaction to that thing. And that's just as important as, as the chemical reaction, I think. Yeah. It's like a defense mechanism. Yeah. Like you want to protect yourself because you know, you've been down this road before and how sick it's caused you to be. And, mm-hmm. and you can't control what's around you. You know, I mean, yeah. we could, we could tell the 7.5 billion people all of them on the same day, go do something that's better for them. And, and you might only get a million that actually go do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so we have to live and deal with that. So I think our best defense is our emotional defense. How do you on that level? How do you overcome that, that though? Like that's not something that you just snap your finger and go, "I'm better." How do you overcome? Like, is, is it a brain training? Is it absolutely? Yeah, you, you you've got to practice it. You've got to. Uh, to me, it's it's like the optimist and the pessimist. The the optimist is constantly going to be that's not going to bother. I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm I'm. I'm good. I'm I, I, at the same time that that person can be removing themselves from that environment, which I would recommend. Like if you you notice you're you're exposed to something, some kind of odor, or somebody's doing something um, that you know is going to end up affecting you physically. Um, one place your brain into to to a mode of this isn't going to bother me, but also recognize it could, and remove yourself from that situation if you can. Yeah. So it's that shifting of mindset, like, oh, I'll be okay. I just need to remove myself. Yeah, because a lot of people get in, oh, it's going to, oh, I know. Yeah, because they've had to. a severe reaction yes. before. Um, but the mind is very strong. Um, I'm a firm believer that that uh, um, someone who's allergic to a bee sting and needs that EpiPen but can't get one can still survive that that it, that experience with the right mindset that their mind does have the ability to stop the reaction if mm. if they learn how to to do that have you seen that before not physically in a situation where that reaction occurred no but i i've been in other situation to where i myself have i i experienced a lot of allergies when i was younger and I've had many situations to where I could feel a, an allergic reaction coming on, and I just sat there mentally and um, telling myself that I wasn't having that reaction. Was it something you stopping. ate or um, environmental? Usually, I, I, I've dealt with uh, uh, allergies to grass and and you know dust and all that. So if you were rolling around in the grass, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you got up and like, yeah, whoa, yeah. Yeah, start itching. Um, oh, okay. Try it sometime. Do you ever have? 
You ever had an itch that you didn't scratch and you just told yourself, oh, I, I am that. not going to scratch that itch? <laughs> try it sometime. It. <laughs> People who are listening, try it. Next time you next time you have an itch, don't itch it. In your mind, just keep telling yourself. Uh, actually, you don't want to keep telling yourself, I don't itch, I don't itch, I don't itch. Because then you think. Then you're thinking itch, about itching. Itch. <laughs> what, you, what, what you need to do is come up with words that work for you. What I say to, to myself is, I feel good, I feel fine, I feel well. Um, and I get up and I do something else, change my focus onto something else, and soon you won't even, it won't even be there anymore. Uh, it works. You just got to change your perspective. Okay, Dr. Kell, thanks for talking us through all of those things to avoid. Um, can you go into a few more of them? And I think you have a download for our listeners today. Yes, I have a download. Oh, there's over 20 different chemicals that are common to our health and hygiene products today. You can download off our website at oceanbaynaturals.com. You have a list in front of you. Nikki, is there anything on there you wanted to had a question about? Yeah, I'm actually looking at the shea butter, and that's surprising to me. Oh, isn't Why? that a funny one? Yeah. Because everybody uses shea butter today. Yeah. Shea butter is like, if you're a naturalist, oh, shea butter, wow, well, it's so good for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? And shea butter, I would say shea butter in small quantities generally is okay, uh, using it on uh, your hands and arms. Um, but using it, they, they found that shea butter actually can clog pores. It's a common ingredient to stick deodorants. Um, and that's one of the things, one of the reasons why we have not, as of yet, developed stick deodorant. We have, we are working on one. Um, but why we went with the spray as well. A spray is harder to use. We didn't really go into that very much either. Um, so maybe we go into that for a second, Nikki. Um, they, about why we're a spray as opposed to a, a, a stick. Or, or a gel. Um, we're, we're developing a gel. Uh, people like that. We're developing a roll-on, and we're we're working on a stick. Uh, my hopes for a stick are good, but um, the ingredients are significant because um, though beeswax, which is a common one in there, is not necessarily shown to to uh, be irritating to the skin. It, it's thick, and it does initially clog pores. Uh, hmm. Most of the that stick in and of itself, that's one of the ways it works, inhibits your sweating is because it's clogging your pores for a time. And then over time, over after a few hours pass, it's slowly absorbed or or works its way off your, your skin. And then that's when it stops working. A lot of people complain that it can take a long time for a natural deodorant. We were, we were talking about that a little earlier, kind of got off track there. Um, but um, we went with a spray for a specific reason, and that was we do not want to clog pores. Uh, we want it to be healthy for the skin, but we don't want it clogging your pores. You need to sweat. Sweating is important. You don't want to stop your sweating. Um, I know for those who sweat, sweat excessively, that's an issue because they feel like, oh, my armpits are all wet and I look gross. Um, if you're really concerned about your health, take an extra shirt or two to work. Um, and Wait, can I ask you something? I just thought of something. Yeah. So like... A couple days ago, I had really stinky armpits, mm -hmm. and I didn't know why. Could could that have been like me eating more candy or Absolutely. something like that? I mean, Absolutely. What yeah. makes you stink uh, more? People who eat sudden? lots of processed foods smell worse all the time. They, uh, the other thing I, I wanted to mention, um, yeah, the toxins, and that's the toxins coming out. Plus, plus, plus there's more uh, substances in your sweat for the bacteria to grow on. Um, cause you've just fed all that, they're, 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 you know, bacteria grow, grow on, uh, uh, different types of sugars. So you, you've given more food to the bacteria. Oh. Uh, 
So eating processed foods, lots of sweets, th those will de you'll definitely smell more if you're eating that way. Uh, the other thing people need to understand too, when they're switching from a, a aluminum-based deodorant specifically, uh, not as much I would say from the other types with the baking soda and the alcohol and the acids, um, but uh, usually it can take oh anywhere from I would say minimum a week, uh, sometimes people up to a month before their system clears out. Uh, and their sebaceous glands and sweat glands uh, begin to actually function normally. And therefore, during that time, they can often experience a higher level of, of smell. Um, so they may have to apply the deodorant more frequently. They may even have to spot wash in between. Is it less convenient to use a natural deodorant? Yes. Simple fact, it is. Um, you may have to apply it more frequently. Um, it may be important to spot wash sometimes. Sometimes if, if the, if you wait too long to reapply, uh, the, uh, um, that odor is now on your clothes and it's more on your skin and you can add more of the deodorant to it, but it's not going to necessarily, uh, clear it out. So I, I recommend to people, you know, go in the bathroom, get a paper towel. You can even spray some of the deodorant or, or, or a little water on there and just wipe, wipe your armpits couple of times and spray some more on, you'd be fine. Um, if it's, if it's gone into your clothes, which it could easily have, if you sweat it into your clothes, you need change. Um, is it more inconvenient than just throwing on the aluminum? It is, but a long-term health is your concern uh, and wellness is your concern. Then, and you kind of need to accommodate those things. This is, um, you know, it's easier to go to the store and just grab anything on the shelf than it is to search for the organic and natural foods. You know what else I find? If I'm wearing synthetic clothing, that I smell more. I always recommend. Why is that? I uh, cotton is always the best on your skin. Yeah, I don't smell with cotton, but polyester, yeah. mm -hmm. I stink. So do my kids. Yeah, I don't well, know why well, that is. Well, it causes more sweating uh, because you're hotter uh, with polyester. It doesn't breathe as well as as cotton does. Um, so therefore, you're going to sweat more, uh, regardless of the deodorant you use. And it gets into your clothes quicker. And, and the bacteria, I mean, your, your clothes are right up against your skin. Bacteria, bacteria is on our skin all the time. Good and bad bacteria is there. The deodorant that we put on, um, things like alcohol and acids and baking soda and, 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 and the aluminum kill the bacteria immediately. Um, so basically you're void of any bacteria there for a short period of time. Well, now you've stripped away that, you, you've killed that, but, um, but there's residue of the bacteria. The bacteria um, reproduces itself. So it, it, even though you've killed what's on the surface, it, it comes back, slowly grows back. It doesn't completely go away. Mm. Well, you've killed it, and so it starts to grow again. As it grows again, it gets into the clothes, and it's growing there too. Um, and so the polyester uh. Uh, propagates in the polyester much quicker and easier than it does on cotton. And so each day could be different depending on your toxicity levels. There, your body. There's, there's many variables, stress levels, um, yeah. exercise. Uh, That's true. I was really stressed out, like emotionally. An emotional stressful day will produce more sweat and, mm -hmm. and uh, you will tend to, I, I would recommend anybody, if you're using our deodorant or any, any other kind of deodorant, you're having a stressful day and you're probably going to have to apply more anyway. Um, I know. Just don't wear clothes. You know, if we can just all be naked and natural, <laughs> I mean that, you know. Um, naked naturals. <laughs> I, I, I don't, you know, there are those that believe human beings would, would just turn into animals out there if we were <laughs> walking around with, with loincloths on. Um, I don't know. The nudist don't know. naturals. Don't, don't know. Be perfect. <laughs> um, 
you know, it uh, it would complicate things and make Freedom. things easier. I mean, you would just I, freely sweat. It would yeah. be incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know, we could find a, <laughs> find an island somewhere and, and do a study. I think there's a beach somewhere down in San Diego. <laughs> What's it called? What is it called? Maybe we need Black's to go down to Black's Beach and <laughs> yeah, do some go. interviews. It's Black's would, Beach. Would you be okay with going down there? Sure, and let's try it. People? Let's try it. They, I, just, I know I wouldn't smell because I wouldn't have polyester up against my skin. Uh, I'd be good. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, any other questions, Nikki? Um, yes, I did have another question. About I don't know if we beat shea butter to death or not, but it can well, cause I acne. Was, can cause acne under the arms as well on the face. What about cocoa butter? Is it the same thing? Um, I haven't Any heard. I haven't found cocoa butter to have those issues. Um, but the American Academy of Dermatologists, which some people may not give them the respect because they're uh, any, anyway. Um, some people, some real naturalists, go, "Oh, those guys are don't know what they're talking about." But actually, mm. um, I have you know, there are people out there using using stick deodorants that don't have. Uh, the other stuff in them, and they still get the acne. Uh, I had a patient not long ago saying, yeah, I, I use the stick, and just around the outside edges of my pits, I get these little pimples. Oh, wow. And that's what's part of what's causing it. What about propylene glycol? Because that's like in everything, isn't it? Propylene glycol, not too, not too many deodorants have propylene glycol in them, but some do. Um, it's known to be a skin irritant. It's actually, actually a, uh, an antifreeze. Um, um, and I believe the source is natural gas um, that is created from, I, I'm not 100% positive I'm right about that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it comes from. It uh, um, And ironically enough, one of the things I learned in my um, uh, crop dusting class uh, and other courses I've taken on chemistry is that uh, um, propylene glycol is an antifreeze, um, just like uh, the, the stuff that you put into your car, the any, things that you use on your windshield, they're different forms of alcohols. Propylene glycol is just another type of alcohol. Um, when they decide whether this is safe for you to put in your body or not, what they do is they test the levels. And most of these things are tested on animals. Um, they try to figure out when they do their testing, how much can you get before your body... Uh, Actually, the first organ in your body that typically has a severe reaction is your liver because all this stuff is processed through the liver. When you put it in your system, it has to go through the liver before it reaches the rest of your system. Hmm. Um, and they they basically test the toxicity of the liver. How much can you take in your body before you become toxic and have a have a reaction? Well, um, propylene glycol has a lower level test rate than, say, um, the stuff you put in your car. Or um, the alcohol you drink has another level. Um, the uh, and and you know, overuse of drinking alcohol will cause cirrhosis of the liver over time. Well, propylene glycol, same kind of thing. Um, a lot of it's in a lot of skincare products uh, because it's slippery, and oh, and, and it, it it helps add to the consistency of the product and also the uh, lifespan of the product. It 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 in a, in a way also acts as a, a microbe. Uh, growth inhibitor. Um, so, okay. One other uh, one that I wanted to ask you about was diatomaceous earth, which a lot of people probably haven't heard of. But I actually once bought that product <laughs> and gave it to my kids. <laughs> it's probably well, really bad. You heard the president talk about that at one time, right? No, I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh no, yeah. Um, which president? The uh, president Trump. Oh, okay. Um, back when COVID began, they were there. There was a brief discussion about how it might be antimicrobial or helpful, and and I think 
some people even took some and died from it. Um, I'm glad my they, kids didn't die. <laughs> uh, they, um, but there's different kinds of diatomaceous earth. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, you know, they put it in put it in swimming pool filters. Oh, um, they. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's one you don't want in your deodorant, um, and that one is a little different than the one that you use in a you know in a swimming pool, but uh, not recommended. It's not good for the body. It's toxic to the body. You know, yeah. most most of these things, and the and the reason they get away with these chemicals is because, and putting them in these ingredients because they're looking for a specific effect. They want it to be antimicrobial. They want it to, you know, two things make your products go bad: oxidation or or bacterial fungal growth. Um, okay. So um, if the products becomes oxidized, uh, like oils can become oxidized and become rancid. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, and other products they grow bacteria in them, so then they, you shouldn't use them then either. So these chemicals, typically, if they add them to the products, they have some kind of benefit there. Uh, uh, shea butter is a common one because they always thought it was good for the skin, and and I think in low low amounts, small amounts, it's okay. But it's off, often if you look you look at your deodorant shea butters, it, when you look at the ingredients on a product label, usually the first ingredient is the one. There's a most of it has the highest amount of that in in mm-hmm. there, and then you follow it down uh, the list, and it's goes from greatest amount to least amount inside inside that uh, mm-hmm. solution. And usually shea butters up towards the top of the list on on many natural deodorants. Um, usually, though, the, the biggest thing you want to be concerned about there or is the baking soda. The things that are going to cause irritation to the skin, Mm -hmm. the baking soda, the alcohol, uh, and the acids. Um, And uh, I know you threw out shea butter because everybody thought that was great. That's great great for you. Well, thanks for discussing all the chemicals to avoid in the natural deodorants. Um, I think that's really interesting. And you have the download on the website, oceanbaynaturals.com, that our listeners can go and get. Um, Also, you're here to educate and improve our lives, and we appreciate you doing that. I mean, a lot of this stuff, we don't have any idea. We're not the scientist that you are. You know, we're not the chiropractic doctor that you are. So thank you so much for coming on today and telling us what to avoid and sharing a little bit more about Ocean Bay Naturals and how you're helping the environment and to educate all of us on what we can do to improve our lives. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. While we make every effort to broadcast correct information, we are still learning. We will double check all facts, but realize that medicine is a constantly changing science and art. One doctor may have a different way of doing things from another. We are simply presenting our views on how to live a healthy lifestyle that will be as evidence-based as possible. We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. We take no money from drug or device companies. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Kel Fullerton or any guests or any contributors to the podcast or any employees, associates, or affiliates of Dr. Kel Fullerton be responsible for damages arising from use of this podcast. This blog should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis of expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on this podcast. 
Our website, blog, and podcasts are all HIPAA compliant. While you may give your email address to subscribe to the website posts or to post information on the website blog, we will never share your email address or contact information with any third parties without your explicit permission. The contents of Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast and the show notes are all copyrighted. All blog posts, podcasts, and show notes that are distributed to the public for free can be redistributed via hard copy or electronic copy for free only if Health Talk with Dr. Kell is included as the acknowledged author within the actual media that is being redistributed. The Health Talk with Dr. Kell podcast is a production of The Orange Stack with executive producers Dr. Kell Fullerton and Eric Hammond and host Nikki Sterling.